Welcome, guys. Welcome, the last text. Welcome, Paolo. Hi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podbytes. Can you guys hear me well? Okay, guys, you can hear me well. That's great. I'm Valentina Caladina. We are live on CastBox every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Podbytes is a live, interactive show where we talk about podcasting. This is episode number six. For questions and comments, please call or text. It would be great to hear from you guys. In Podbytes, we invite investors, podcasters, and other key opinion leaders to share their insights into the future of the podcast industry. The show is recorded live and uploaded as a podcast episode afterwards. You guys can engage with other listeners and guests by dialing in or writing comments in real time. You can also send virtual gifts to the host to support the show. You can find previous episodes of the show in Replace. Just search for Replace for Valentina Caladina. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining. Welcome, Bendy, Reef, Zach, Jacob, Barney. A week ago, we were joined by Jessica Rhodes, founder and a co-owner of Interview Connections. Interview Connections is the first podcast booking agency. They work with such clients as Ali Brown, JJ Virgin, Perry Marshall, and other authors, as well as numerous peer agencies. Jessica is a podcaster herself doing a regular show called Rock the Podcast. We were talking about what makes a good pitch, how to find a show that will fit your needs if you want to promote your business, and also how to get booked on more podcasts. If you missed the show, check it out and replace. The show overall got about 5,000 listens so far. Thanks to all of you guys who is listening to it. Really appreciate. Hi, Bendy. Yeah, you're asking what is this diamonds thing? Uh, yeah, if you send the gift to the host, it will be converted to diamonds and diamonds can be cashed out later. Okay, we continue. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to stand out in the global marketplace in a few minutes, we will talk to Stephen Krempel, who is CEO of Krempel Communications International and who has worked with thousands of leaders in more than 30 countries. It's going to be an interesting discussion. You can type your questions in the chat window and call in. But before we start the interview, let's look through some of the recent news in podcasting. Uh, let's start with this one. The London International Awards, a long-running advertising awards, have added podcasting as a separate category this year. Hmm, that's interesting. I will check it out. Curious to know who are the nominees. One more. Podcast Movement has announced that scholarship applications are now open for brand new or yet-to-launch podcasters who love podcasting, appreciate this community, and have never been to Podcast Movement before. The online application will be completed by Friday, June 14th. Hurry up, guys. And the most important announcement. The most important announcement. Podcast Day in London is right around the corner. Podcast Day is organized by Radio Days Europe. This will be the third podcast day and first time held in London. A full day on June 13th will be packed with the latest information, cases, trends, and interesting people. Listen, learn, ask, and network at the center of the podcasting community. For those who don't know it, Podcast Day is a satellite event from the team of Radio Days Europe. 
The first podcast day was held in 2017 in Copenhagen, Denmark. The audience for this event includes podcasters, technologist managers, consultants, and basically everyone who works in the podcasting. Once again, the host city for Podcast Day 2019 is London, and the conference will be held on 13th June. The key thing is that you can meet CastBox there. Please find Podcast Day conference on social media. The event has now dedicated accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please subscribe and check out the latest news in podcasting. Podcast Day in London is a good chance to meet CastBox to talk about podcasting. Look forward to see you guys at the podcast day. All right. Thanks, everyone who joined. Welcome, Scott, Chad, Hector, Nothing IRL. Welcome to Anonymous Users. Thanks, everyone who just joined. Welcome, Gara. All right. Now back to the interview. This is Podbytes Talk Show. I'm Valentina Kaladina. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Krempel. Stephen is CEO of Krempel Communications International. As an international trainer, speaker, and author, he has worked with thousands of leaders in more than 30 countries. He worked for Fortune 500 companies, such as Starbucks, where he was chief learning officer, Yum Brands, where he was VP of Yum University and Global Learning, PepsiCo Restaurants International, and Motorola. Stephen is an expert on how leaders can stand out and get noticed in their corporations. Stephen is an author of five books, including The 5% Zone, How to Stand Out as a Global Leader. And also as a trainer, Stephen is doing lectures, in-house and online programs that focus on developing high-potential leaders. His online program is called Winning the Work World. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Valentina. I stood out by not being able to speak in the, when you introduced me. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Gara, for your comments. Thank you for your roles and for your likes. Welcome, Joshua. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Emil. Uh, if you want to ask anything, please uh, feel free to type your questions in the text window or call in. We're going to take questions along the way. And uh, why we are talking to Steven in the show. Uh, Steven is a content creator himself, and also he helps other people to create their content. You can put it like that, I believe. Uh, but before we dive deep into the discussion about the content, let me start from something else. Uh, Stephen, I was really intrigued by your concept 955. Uh, what is it about and how did you come up with this idea? Yes, Valentina, that's a really great question because my whole business really centers around the concept of 955 and the 5% zone. Um, you know, as starting out, like most of us, the key question you have to ask is what is your niche and what do you want to be known for, right? And for me, my fifth book, which is The 5% Zone, How to Stand Out as a Global Leader, the concept of 95.5 is really important. And I wanted people to make sure they got it, though. So what is it, though? And it's very simple. 95% of the time, you can be who you are. I can't change you and you can't change yourself. However, 5% of the time, you need to be able to step up in those critical moments especially if you're in a large company or even in a small company where you're dealing with investors 
or you're dealing with an important customer. For the corporation, the people are dealing with their boss's boss or somebody as senior leadership. It is very important for them to know how to act differently in their 5% times versus their normal 95, though. And if people don't get that, then they're missing a lot of opportunities. Here's what one of the things that we always teach people, right? So I'm going to ask your people uh, on, on the call three questions that I ask everybody in the corporate world. And the answer is yes or no. So as I ask the question, just think yes or no, right? Yeah, so sure. Does, okay. So does the smartest person always get notice or promoted? Yes or no? Guys, what do you think? Hmm. You can type your uh, answers in the chat window. Yep. Very good. Does the smartest person always get noticed and promoted? Yeah, I can say the from my point of view. Yeah, yes. Uh, I would argue that. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you always get noticed. Though. There are a lot of smart people, especially when you're a large company. Though. So here's the second question I'm going to ask, and, and some people saying yes or no, but think about it as I'm talking, right? Does the hardest working person always get noticed or promoted, though? Mm, mm. That's an interesting question. I think it's, uh, yeah, no. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay, very good. Third one, third one. This one is a little iffy, right? Does the one with the best ideas always get noticed or promoted in an organization, though? Of course, no. Yeah. Right? yeah how, thank you. Yeah, how you, <laughs> how you can see the ideas, right? Ideas are so, non material. So here's the interesting thing. For most corporations, the answer is no for all three of them. However, most people feel because they are the smartest and the hardest working and have the best ideas that they should be noticed or promoted. And it's not, it's not the case. And what we do is help people realize that they are only seen or heard in five situations in an organization. The one-on-one -on -one meeting they have with their boss or boss's boss or higher up the team meeting, the conference call, the business presentation, or the company social. It is exactly the same thing or very similar if you are a podcaster or you are trying to get money from investors or, or people who are going to help you in your business because they see you and meet you in certain situations. So let me switch the uh, questions, if I may, uh, Valentina, do you think I'm going to do a little bit of an adjustment to the questions and ask your, your people listening in, right? Yeah, does, yeah, feel free. Does the smartest podcaster always get noticed or get more listeners, though? <laughs> oh, that's a very, yeah. very tough question. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll let them answer. So here's the second question. Does the hardest working podcaster always get noticed or, or more listeners, Mm. Yeah, no, 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 connection, no, no, right? no connection. Exactly. And does the one with the best ideas on their show always get noticed or, or, or more listeners? Probably, maybe, maybe not. So the trick is really, if you are good, you know, and you're smart and you all have good ideas on your show, the trick is getting people to your show, though. The trick is how do I get a sustained thing over a period of time? And then maybe I get noticed because people will talk about you. And then you get your momentum rolling and it's the same thing in the organization. However, if you just think and sit down and go, you know, people should come to me because I'm really good and really smart, it doesn't really happen. 
And in the game, in the organization, that's where the 95-5 idea comes from. We have a concept called, you have to understand the rules of the game, though. And the rules right. of the game within the corporation, and maybe in podcasting, maybe slightly different. Though. In the corporation, it is, do you understand what your boss's boss wants and is looking for? And therefore, if you give it to them, chances are the, it's a higher probability that you're going to get promoted. However, then same thing here, though. For your listeners, what are they looking for? And if they can find it in your content that you're providing, the series that you're providing, then they're going to come back because it's going to be what they want. And they're coming to you to kind of help them in that particular situation to help them from the information standpoint. So 95.5 is a very simple idea. 95% be who you are. 5% when you have those key situations, you need to turn on and be, uh, you know, something a little bit more different uh, than you normally are. So it's, Yeah, got uh, it. Got it, right? Yeah, uh, so thanks everyone who joined. Uh, welcome, Rakshish, Keith, Alfie, uh, Catherine, Renee, Renee saying that she agrees. Um, Stephen, just to clarify, how do you calculate this uh, 100%? Is it uh, like time that you spend on the meetings? Is it the time that you spend with your colleagues? Yeah, so it's it's really an arbitrary number, and I'll tell you why this number is in. If It really could be higher than that, uh, Valentina. But if I told people, you know, you have to change uh, about 50% of your, uh, the way you operate, and people go, oh, 50%, that's too much, right? But if I give them the 5%, people go, oh, 5%, I can change 5%. And, and that's where it came from. It's an arbitrary number that says in all the interactions that you have in the, in the company or the organization, it's really 5% that are critical, though. You can do really great work in 95% of the time, but if you uh, bungle up or uh, screw up in that 5%, uh, you just shot yourself in your foot. Uh, some people shoot themselves in the left foot, right foot, and in their head as well because they're not prepared for those critical meetings, and, uh, and then they don't look as good as they could be, all right? So and right. that's kind of the situation, so... Yeah, okay, okay, got it. Um, curious to talk more about uh, these huge companies uh, such as Starbucks and others. Yep. What, did you, what did you learn from the corporate world that you have been able to apply to your own business? Yeah, actually, is, uh, you know, Starbucks is a large company with a really special brand, but really a very simple product. And by simple, I mean the barrier to entry to the coffee business is actually very low. However... Uh, you know, Starbucks is a big machinery and it has a very important brand and it has certain concepts that they, the philosophies that they use that if you understand, you may be able to apply to your own business, right? So number one, there are three things actually, right? There's number one, there's a passion for your product or your idea. So that's the first one. I'll explain it in a little bit. Number two, you have to stick with it. And I'm just going to put it at that. That means you have to stick with your business and, and keep, uh, you know, keep improving all the time. And the third one is talk to the right people. And I'm just going to put those three there and I'm going to explain it a little bit. Can, may, may I explain it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking notes. Yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very, very interesting. Sure. So here's so passion for, for the business, right? Every meeting in Starbucks starts with coffee tasting. Now, I'm just giving that as a factoid to mm. you guys. You may oh, not I didn't know, know. Yeah, exactly. So the first 10 minutes in every meeting is coffee tasting. Now, 
I, many of your people have worked in corporation. Can you imagine, you know, how many meetings I have in a day, uh, you know, when I was back in Starbucks? Uh, and many. So every meeting, coffee tasting, we choose somebody, they go there, they, they share the favorite coffee, they, we smell it, we taste it in the mouth, and then, you know, we, we write it in our coffee passport. We, everybody gets a passport and you write your contents in there. Now, unless Do you have to be a professional to describe that? No, you learn it as you go along. So here's an interesting question. If you didn't have a passion for coffee, it'd be a little bit hard to work at Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. So, and, and, and Starbucks created a language around this passion. So if you go to any fast food, right? Of course, there's no tall, grande, and vente, right? There's small, medium, and large. Though. <laughs> but by just changing the language, people go, ah, That's Starbucks, right? So for me, 95.5, good to great, rules of the game, create green X's is my language that I use in my program. And by the middle of the first day, everybody's using those terms, though. It immediately gives me an edge over everybody. One of the things you need to do is change your language. You have a passion for whatever you do and create something that is different from everybody else because it has to be unique, right? And, and, and that's one of the things. So... Um, right, that's the first point. Yeah, first point. Right. Second point, stick uh-huh. with it. Sometimes when, we are, when you start your business, when you're new or, you know, it doesn't go off, uh, you know, you're trying to get stuff. Even Howard Schultz. Now, Howard Schultz was the founder of Starbucks, right? He admitted when we had our, our, our off-sites with him that he had to buy his own coffee to shore up sales, to show his investors that, you know, people are buying his coffee, though. That was the beginning, though. Everything else was, is, is history now, right? However, he believed in it so much, he just had to get other people to realize that they were missing out on great coffee. So whatever do you have that you think is great that other people should, should share, you should really try and give it to them and stick with it, though. Many people give up a little bit too soon, and then they, they miss that opportunity. Don't give up. Just stick with it, right? The third one is talk to the right people, though. You know, who really has the scoop? At Starbucks, I, I'm going to share a little story because we used to have a program oh. where um, we got nine groups of people in every year, and the groups are really your baristas, assistant managers, managers, uh, area managers, the directors, VPs, the senior management, and the group of customers. So they're sitting in groups of 10. So you imagine, right? There's a big room. There's nine tables, there are 10 people in it, and everybody in that table is from the same group. We, have, we asked two questions. Though. What's the thing that you're proudest about the most that, from last year? And then we start from the senior guys, and then we work down to the baristas. So, so we, you know, everybody's saying, and the VPs of, the, of the, uh, in, in, at that time, they said, well, our proudest achievement was banana frappuccino. <laughs> we, we launched it we, we launched it in summer and it had 20% same store sales growth so they were beating the chest and going smiling and everybody mm-hmm. clapped for them and that's great so everybody went down and then we, when we came to the baristas they talk about what they're proud of then we switched the question when we said what, do you, what was the worst thing that happened to you last year right and we started with the baristas and they said banana frappuccino <laughs> <laughs> and, and the senior leaders about fell off their chairs and, and the CEO said, what? He said, yep. 
They didn't bring the, the, they were not enough bananas. The bananas are not ripe. The customers are complaining, blah, 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 blah. And here you go. <laughs> the VPs who are, you know, six levels up in the organization said it was the best. And the baristas who are really running your company said it was the worst. So if you only talk and listen to one group of people, you may get a totally different story of how things are really running. And, and that's the, and that's the, the thing that we experienced. So guess what? After that, every time we ask any question, the first people we ask with the baristas, though, right? And, and that's sometimes talking about, so who are you talking to? Though? Who's mm-hmm. giving you the insights of how your content is really coming across? Or you're asking your friends and they go, wow, great job. You know, yeah, right. Because they don't want to be, they don't want to give you the harsh truth. And in our program for us, one of the key tenets is we tell people like it is, though. And if you come across as being no energy, uh, too long-winded, uh, you can't get to the point, and you don't know how to stand out, I'm going to tell you straight in the class in your face. Of course, very nicely and politely, but most people don't get that, though. And, and that's what, you know, that's the third thing that I wanted just to, to share about uh, from a Starbucks standpoint um, mm-hmm. that they had. So it's quite interesting um, learning. that It sounds real simple, but, you know, as we know, simple is not easy, right? Right, right. And this is real. Uh, I think this is applicable to the content creators and to podcasters. Uh, I'm just uh, so impressed with these ideas. And uh, I'm thinking now it's a shame that our short show is so short. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would love to, uh, you know, ask I, you so many questions. Yeah, I can keep going on, but it's all right. You, you ask me the questions. I'll, I'll chime in a couple more stories along yeah. the way. Okay, great. Yeah, Renee saying so true. Uh, and Gara saying these ideas are amazing. Yeah, totally agree. Thanks uh, for everyone who joined. Welcome, Michelle, Dan, Katie, Joe, Porters, Anonymous Users, Podcast Ninja, Katan Zatia, Gumbit, and Anne Marie. Thank you for your likes. And uh, Podcast Ninja said, sent the rose to me. Thank you so much. Moving forward. Uh, still want to talk a little bit about corporations um, sure. and uh, corporations are focused on the continuous education. Yes. First of all, why is it so important? And second thing, because most of the podcast, podcasters um, are independent or they work for small companies. Yep. Uh, do you think that people who work for smaller companies have to constantly think about it? Um, continuous education is not only applicable to large companies. In fact, if you're a smaller company or independent, uh, you know, like we are a small company, you have to constantly learn more than the people in corporations. See, people in large corporations, if they learn some, they got a lot of people. So everybody knows a little bit about everything. But us as small business owners, we need to know a lot about a lot of things though, because people are depending on us. I would have you be known for an area of expertise that you need to be really, really deep in and, and have, a, a, you know, the research on or reading on or, you know, attending uh, programs continuously on a basis. In fact, your podcast may be ha- helping somebody else do that. You know, I deal with senior leaders all the time. Most of them are learning, even if it's not from the company, by themselves, but they just don't tell people that, though, right? 
So they're secretly doing it, and then they sound so intelligent in the meetings, and they're throwing off facts, and, and <laughs> people are going, oh, my God, that guy is amazing. Well, yeah, he's amazing because he's done his homework, though, right? So if you're a small person, small group, small person, individual, please keep up in your area of expertise because people are depending on you to help them get to know that area. And, and, and so by you learning, you're actually helping other people learn as well. And, and it's, crit- it's not important, it's critical, though. Critical, but can you elaborate a little bit what uh, exactly people in the small companies should learn? Okay, so the, the, the two aspects that I think they, they, they're broad areas, right? One is the business and how to run the business, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's, for me, that's critical because that's your survivability. The other part is what is your area of expertise that your podcast, your, you, that your information that you're sharing, um, the people that you bring in, how are you helping people in that area? So you need to, to understand You know, the, the simple analogy is this, though. All, at, all top-class athletes or all athletes are known for really one sport, though. Many of them can play many sports. I mean, they, they are even good at many sports, but everybody's known for one sport, though. Yeah, And very that's true. one of the things. So if I, if I say your name, what do you want to be known for? What will people say is your area of expertise? And that's the area that you need to continually stay ahead on. Um, For me, in my career, I've always chosen, even though I've been in the whole learning development space myself, I've always tried to look at what's coming up in the horizon and make sure I find out the most about that first. And then by the time it hits mainstream, I'm already, you know, three or five steps ahead of everybody else. So one of the things you need to keep up for is, you know, what's coming in the future for whatever area that you are coming Uh, specializing in and and just watch out for that and let's just try and do some reading and and maybe join another podcast and learn about it right yeah yeah but i think it's a good advice to be ahead um yeah comparing to everyone else it, it can really help to stand out um welcome to everyone Thanks for joining, guys, and feel free to type your questions in the chat. Today we are talking to Stephen Krempel. Welcome, parents on demand, Craig Peters, Jason, Joff, Arkan, Sean, Michael, and anonymous users. Thank you for joining, guys, and if you want to call in, please feel free. You can call in and ask your questions in real time. And uh, let's jump into the content creation. How does, how does the content creation work in your case? You wrote and published five books. Could you yep. tell us how to select the topic, how to collect <laughs> data, how to structure the long story? Yeah, so let me try and give a, a how I do it nowadays. I, I can tell you the first, the, the first reason is you've got to ask yourself, why are you writing the book, right? So some people are writing the book because they want to say they wrote a book, though. But for me, if you need to, to treat your book as your precious resource that can spin off other, uh, either um, other products or other money-making opportunities. So uh, if, if that is your case for writing the book, no problem. Otherwise, you can just put a, a I've seen this, a, a, a quote in every one page for 50 pages and then 
And then people say, I wrote a book. Well, no, you wrote a book of 50 quotes that you didn't even <laughs> write them, right? So, 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 let's, uh, so let's say you want to write a, a, real, a real book, you know, a real inverted commas book. The first thing, the key for me is the outline and the structure, though. Why is that important? Because that outline and structure is not only for the book, it spins off every other thing, though. For me, my outline and my structure for my last two books, the 5% Zone and the You're Hired book, spins out my training program and the online uh, module stuff, All right? So it's very important to get that. And then who is it targeted at? Are you targeting the uh, corporations? Yes, I'm targeting the corporate guy. My philosophy is the corporate people or people who are working don't have time to read it. So my, my corporate book is actually thinner than the book that I'm targeting for students though, who are joining oh, the work world. That's right? smart. Yeah, so it's the opposite, right? And guess what? And even in the 160 pages that I have in my 5% book, a lot of it is key questions that you have to fill out. Why? Because your job is to ask questions to make people go, hmm, I didn't think of that, right? And if they get one or two things from your book, that's all they're going to get. 95% of people never read a book from cover to cover. And if you take that fact as true, then nobody's going to read your whole book, right? However, if they, what they will do is scan your outline, though. And your outline has to be interesting and structured enough when they look at that, they go, hmm, sounds logical. And here's the, and here's the page I want to go to because it says in, in, in the outline, it's, uh, you know, key ideas or something or key facts. And they'll go straight to that page, though. It is amazing, uh, uh, Valentina. Most people don't read through. So now I have yeah. the book, right? Mm-hmm. So take, for example, my 5% book. So I've got the outline. I've got the structure. That's very key. Who am I targeting? I'm targeting a, uh, the corporate client. So very good. My GEM program or my global executive mindset program is created from the book. But here's how you should be thinking about it, though. Yeah, what's the difference between the written content and the content from your course? It's, I want to say it's exactly the same. It mirrors it, right? It's not exactly the same. So I think about content creation in two ways, especially when it comes to the course. There's the content, which is here's the important facts, uh, word, language that I want to treat them. The second part is the process. How am I going to get it out to these people? You have to have it unique and memorable enough so that when people experience your program, they go, wow, this is different. That's our philosophy, though, right? What is your differentiator that tells me that your book, your program, your online is slightly different? And it doesn't take a lot, but for me, that's what we do. And that's why we get called back over and over again. And the, my, to give you an example, my first line in any of my program, and this is by design, right? We say, for all my trainers and myself, we say, this is going to be a slightly different program. That's my first line, though. Mm-hmm. And immediately it puts a, and people are going, oh, wow, let, let me look out for what's different. And every place is different. I will mention it, though. Because you have to help people realize what's different. Otherwise, they think it's, a, it's, it's you know, something's very similar. <clears throat> Secondly, you need to call what I call u- reusable objects. And I learned this from Starbucks as well, right? Starbucks says or claims, eh, there's some dispute sometime, but no, they make 87,000 drink combinations. So 87,000, where did 87,000 come from? Well, 
There are some core beverages. There's some modifiers and there's some options though. So you multiply them and it becomes some, you know, it doesn't have to be 80,000, it'd be a thousand stuff, right? So for me, my core beverage or my core product never changes though. Why? So I have a book that whether people say you want a half day, full day, two day, I use the same book. I'm not constantly changing my content because if I'm constantly changing my content, I spend all my energy changing content. What I do is my content is set, so I don't have to think too much about it. I focus on what feedback am I going to give individuals. So now it frees up my mind to focus on the feedback. So which parts of your content or your area that can, you can keep core, and then I just change the stuff around it. I, I modify the stories. I modify the, uh, the situations. And depending on the level, I modify the examples. But my content is the same, though. The structure is the same. It goes back to the book. And if people can get that, that becomes your key differentiator because everybody thinks it's customized to them. No, I only customize the story, right? And I use some words that the companies use. Everything else is the same. I don't even reprint my books. I just go in and give the workbooks to the people, and they are all you know, amazed that, that firstly it's printed out. Though. And, and that's mm-hmm. a key differentiator that you need to get to, to figure out yeah. yeah that's that's a very interactive approach very totally interactive. interactive yeah totally, totally interactive. interactive right very suitable for uh for podcasting or live shows yeah so it's so the for the broadcast is so what's your key differentiator right everybody has the same similar type of show possibly content is different but what can you make sure that you can engage your audience so i'll give you an example right for, for those of you who are who who have been to Seattle, there's a place called Pike's Place Market. It's a market right in the middle of the city. If anybody's been there before from Seattle, you know, it's yeah, right there t- in the city. Yeah, let Pink us Pex, know. Uh-huh. Pike's Place Market. There are five fish stalls, right? This is selling fresh fish, your salmon, your hal- hal- halibut, your, your crabs and everything else. But one fish stall is world famous. Though. Now, Come on, right? We're selling fish. How can it be world famous though? Mm-hmm. And they did only one thing different from everybody else. Okay. When you purchase the fish, they, the person that they're serving you takes the fish and the cash register is up on a podium slightly higher in the middle of the store and the person throws the fish to the, to the register guy. He catches the fish and puts it straight down on the weighing machine though. And you're going, come on, Stephen, that's ridiculous. 127 TV stations from around the world have <laughs> filmed this, this uh, fish stall. And there are three books have been written about them. And they are fish stall. They did one thing different, Valentina. One thing. Yeah. Throw the fish. Though. So everybody else sells the same fish. It comes from the harbor right there in Seattle. So what one thing different can you do in your business or you think, which is just a little bit different than make people remember you versus somebody else. And that's a key question for your listeners, because if you don't think of your differentiator, then you're the same, though. If you are not visible, you're invisible, right? So, And you become visible because you're slightly different. And mm-hmm. the more people notice you and you have something slightly different, 
you know, that's what gets attention, at least in my business, right? Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, thanks, everyone who just joined. So welcome, Liza, Mike, Eric, uh, Trudy, how Madeles, Vincenzo, how David, Jonathan, Alex, Shona, Maria, uh, Renee is saying today's interview is so insightful. I did learn a lot and uh, I need to buy his book. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe your books are available on Amazon. Yep. Yep. Okay. For sure. Okay, cool. Uh, guys, let us know if you have any questions and feel free to call in if you want to talk with us. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, content and about podcasting. Yes. At first, I thought that, uh, yeah, you know, we discussed that before. At first, I thought that podcast is very different from the book. But actually, I think, no. um, yeah, I, I think you can uh, think uh, of a podcast as of a chapter of the book, perhaps. Yep, yep, it is. So what is your overall book title so is that your yearly schedule right and is each month or each podcast a, a chapter so you could have 12 chapters or if you do it twice a month then it's 24 chapters or but then there's a there's a theme right so then you can link from one to the other right and 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 that's what people want or you can build or you can go ahead and 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 that's one of the things that makes it interesting because podcasting is another medium for delivering information though right mm -hmm. yes it's engagement but you're delivering content to people and content can come in the shape of a book an online course a webinar a podcast and 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 it's how here are the things that you need to think about at the end of your podcast what is the one or two things that ends up being memorable? What do people remember? You think it's a one-hour podcast. For me, I tell people this all the time. You think it's a 30-minute presentation. Most executives will only remember one thing you said. Though. Then people go, no, 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 Steve and I had 25 slides that are really important. <laughs> Nobody remembers your slides. Though. You know what they remember? One what? key story you told, one key question you asked, or one statement that you made that they go, damn, that's good. though. And guess what? That's the only thing they remember. If I keep saying simple is not easy three times in your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And in the end, let's say, and I say, you know, I want you to picture this. There's a word that you write down on the, on the flip chart. It's simple, S-I-M-P-L-E, and it's in red, all right? Is <laughs> not, and you put the word easy, and that's in red. So you now have these two words. It's simple, but it's not easy, right? Now, what yeah. have I just done? I've just given you color in a, in a format that we are just talking using audio, but I just painted a picture for you. Though. Mm -hmm. So many times when we're using language, we have to paint a picture for people, right? So imagine this. You're in a large room. It's like telling stories. Though. There's an art to telling stories, though. Uh, and, and people think, no, you just tell a story. No, there's actually a structure to a great story. And, and that's something that people should learn. Remember we talked about your education? I would encourage all you podcasters to go and study storytelling. Because you need to be able to, you know, story. And that might be the only thing they remember. Possibly, possibly not. Right, though, right. Right, right. Uh, so in the episode of, uh, the episodes are short. They are normally yes. 30 or 40 minutes. And how yes. to make sure how uh, that you structure your story within the episode and how to make sure that you deliver a message that you want to deliver. Okay. So 
definitely from from a content standpoint. So you have to realize uh, what what do you want to emphasize. So you, you're starting with your content, right? So just like the book outline, right? So here's my outline. Now I'm looking for these things, though. So I need to engage the audience. So what questions am I going to ask? That's one way to engage. Am I asking them to think about it? Is it a yes or no answer? Or am I asking them to rank order? And I'll give you an example of rank order very, very shortly, right? Mm -hmm. What points do I want to emphasize? Am I uh, explaining it with a color? Do I, do I reinforce it with a story? Or do I use a setup statement? And a setup statement is something that you say. So say, ladies and gentlemen, the next thing I'm going to say is super critical. Now, everybody's listening, right? They go, oh, and then you better say something super critical. But if you don't set it up and you just keep going for 40 minutes, then people can't distinguish between this is really, really important. And maybe the, the word super critical is your cue that you, when every time you say in a podcast, people know, ah, she's going to give something. This is the most important part because every podcast, your keyword or your differentiator is super critical. And, and Valentin, I'm just making this up, right? But I'm giving you examples, right? So what's the language that people come to you and they know? For me, in, the in, in my class, people know. I'm going, okay, here's a 5% moment. And everybody's going, ah, right? They're, they're waiting for that 5% moment because even though I spoke for 15 minutes, now I've just cued them. I'm going to say something they need to remember. Though. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things we need to do. The other one is just energy level. Um, it's, it's one of the things that I teach at least in class, but I think even from a podcaster, you need to determine what your style, and people call it style and stuff, uh, but it's really monitoring your energy level and you know, how, how do you, uh, you know, engage, uh, you know, dial up, dial down, and you're pretty good at this, so you, know, you don't have a problem, but maybe other people need to think about it. Um, it it's, your podcast is your 5% time, though. 95% of the time, I don't talk like this. Though. Man, if I talk like this the whole day, I'll be dead at the end of the day and people will be thinking I'm, I'm crazy, but this is a podcast, though, right? Yeah. You have to be a little bit more up, right, than you do, though. So let me just ask uh, your, your listeners one thing to, to think about, right? So it's a rank order list, so everybody listen up real closely because it's a critical list that you need to think about, though. Uh, there was a TED Talk by Bill Gross a couple of years ago, and he, he was trying to lay out the single biggest reason why startups succeed. Right? Uh -huh. Is he so, entrepreneur himself or is he consultant? Yes, I believe so. So Bill Gross, B-I-L-G-R-O-S-S. -S. Uh -huh. Okay. And he did the research. And so this, and I'm going to give you the five things that he said, and you put in your mind which one is the most important. Then I'll tell you at the end which one is the most important. Okay. Right. So first one. The idea, right? Or your product, right? So that's number one. Number two is funding. It's not in order. I'm just giving you the five items he wanted uh -huh. you to rank, okay? Funding. Three, your business model. Well, we all think about that, right? Yeah. Number four is your team or, or how you're executing your, your business. So let's call it team. And the fifth one is timing. Okay, mm -hmm. so idea, your funding, your business model, your team, or timing. Okay, right. anybody I guess? Yeah, guys, uh, please guess. Oh, we are guessing was it the most important or we are guessing? Which one? The... Yeah, which one yeah. is the most significant that outweighed all the others in terms of having a startup being successful? Though? Which one is the most important? Though? 
yeah I, ha- I have, yeah, I have my own thought. Yeah, I know. Let's yeah. see if anybody wants to tell you which one. Was it the idea? Was it the funding? Because you need funding. Everybody says funding is uh-huh. important. Was it your business model? You know, is it, you know, B2C, B2B? Uh, is it, uh, you know, yeah, subscription how model? Earn, blah, blah, blah. How you in your money, okay? Is it your team, the people you have, or the people you, you get to help you, you know, other independents? Or is it timing? So anybody. What? What do you think, guys? What uh, is most important for the successful business? Timing. Gara is saying timing is most okay. important. That's okay. Anyone else? Any anyone else? Any other guess? Ideas. Idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One more. Let's try one more. Anybody yeah. brave yeah. enough? Idea, funding, business model, team, or timing. Okay. Okay, anyone else? And here is the sequence that was found. Number one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 42%, right? Significant timing. Number two. Ooh. Having a team. Number three, the idea. Number four, business model. And the fifth uh-huh. was funding. So Gara and was right, actually. Yes, exactly. In fact, if we, uh, if Gar is willing to send you uh, 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 a uh, your, her contact information, I'll send her uh, the five cent book if she wants to, though, right? Oh yeah, please. All right. So it's amazing. interesting. So why is this important? Because sometimes what we think, if we don't have a team or we don't have people we talk to outside of ourselves, then we have our own model of the world and how things work. Where else there is, you know other ways of doing it and and we just need people to bounce ideas off of you know i'm sure all of you guys have your masterminds your accountability partners your your teams and 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 other people that you talk to but it's critical that you have that um uh, somebody to to help you around with your business especially if you're small and growing especially if you're small and 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 trying to grow big let me yeah yeah any other parts you want me to talk because i can uh you know i i can talk a, a lot yeah i know and uh, yeah unfortunately we have to wrap up very soon sure, but uh, no i problem. still I, i think i still have uh, so many questions to you sure. and uh, thanks everyone who's just joined welcome alan welcome mitch uh anthony willie yeah see you thanks Uh, thank you guys for your likes. And I think we got a call from our listener, Mike. And sorry, I didn't uh, take the call because I just didn't want to interrupt uh, Stephen. Okay, no problem. Yeah, so if you guys uh, still have your questions, please call back. Please give us a call. <laughs> How do you um, decide what is good timing? I think yeah. Gara was asked. So yeah. this timing here is not your timing. It's the timing of your product in the marketplace So sometimes you may have a good idea, but it's not the right time. Or sometimes your product is a little late, the market has moved. So you have to determine the timing here is the timing of your product and your idea in the area that you're releasing, right? When I first started my first business, I was still in corporate. I had a whiz-bang idea of a three-screen, multiple, uh, you know, uh, multimedia presentation, all run by one person from his laptop, Brilliant, brilliant idea, though, right? Too early, too soon, though, right? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes your idea is either too early, too late. So you have to figure out that thing. 
for me, I didn't do enough of the research on the marketplace. And then you have to test out your ideas first. Because like yeah. a couple of people that you have key that you that's that's in your group, right? So usually a company, uh, the, the companies or whomever you're selling to are the, the best ones to tell you whether it is, um, it is ready or not or good timing. Right, right. So you have to go to the market and talk to people there and talk to uh, those who understand the market, talk to your users. Okay, great. Um, so maybe one last topic to, to talk about. Um, sure. Many podcasts uh, are created by small teams or even by individuals. Uh, how not to be afraid of leaving the corporate environment? And what are yeah. the main things to keep in mind when you start your own business? Okay, so because we don't have too much time left, I, I, the, the, the thing that you need to remember is, you know, I use an acronym called FOCUS, right? F-O-C-U-S, mm-hmm. and then T-M, right? So, so just if you're writing, those people taking notes, is FOCUS, and then the letter T and M. Fo- so here is follow your pa- F is follow your passion or know your why. Though. Why are you doing this? Though? If it's only just for money, is one thing. If you're if you really like what you do, or really like the com- content area, or really like to help people, you need to know why. Because sometimes business gets really difficult, and if you don't know why, you people will talk you out of it when you really had a dream inside that you wanted to run. Secondly, is operate. Where do you want to operate? Now, I'm assuming from a podcasting standpoint, you operate globally. However, there are many businesses you have to decide though. I'll give you an example. Though. You want a podcast, you only podcast in, in one language. Well, maybe you need somebody to have a podcast in a different language. Is that a possibility? Do you say, well, uh, no, I don't do that. So I'll give you an example. Though. Every time I go to the Middle East and do work, people ask me, do you do your program in Arabic? Though? Now I said, no, I don't mm-hmm. do my program in Arabic because I don't speak Arabic. He said, yeah, but all you need is subtitles. Because everybody in, in uh, Saudi Arabia or, or uh, Middle East actually speak English anyway. So, but if you show that you're putting Arabic there, you get more English listeners because you've just attracted a new crowd. Okay, so think where you want to operate. And then uh, the C is choose your differentiator. This, is, mm-hmm. this for me is critical. What separates you from the competition though? You can have a similar product, just like the five fish, right? Five fish stores. Yeah, okay. But what is, choose your differentiators. The You is your undivided attention. How do you want to run your business? Are you going to be in there running daytime? Or do you have two, three other people there? Do you have some people running parts of your business and then you're managing it? Are you driving it all by yourself? You You have to decide that. Now, the fifth one, the S, is solving customers' problems. Who are, who are your right customers and what problems are you solving for them? Because if you are not solving a problem for them, it becomes a little bit more difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And then the TM is your accelerator. So what t- technology to automate and scale? What is your, uh, and the M is marketing and promotion. So those two usually go together. Is how are you automating your ability to scale your ability to reach people, your ability to follow up, your ability to market, your ability to put stuff in front of people. I, I don't care what it is. If you are a small person and wanted to, you need to automate and use technology. Though. So for me, I use the, that acronym, F-FOCUS-TM. Uh-huh. And then I make sure I go through that and, and check myself once in a while and go, okay, 
Why am I doing this now again? Sometimes I'm I'm up early in the morning and I'm late in the night. I'm you know doing a a, a call or a conference call. But if deep down you know why you're doing it, then that's great. And and for me, my single focus is to do number three, which is C, right? Which, which is choosing your differentiator. Because in the end, people remember how you're slightly different than everybody else. And sometimes we don't pay enough attention to that. And it can be the smallest of things. But small things are big things so in, in yeah. the, 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 uh, in the publishing world, in the content creation world, right? Yeah, very true. I'm trying to visualize this focus TM and it looks like mathematic formula. Yeah, it is. It, so, it's, so you have it in the back of your head and then you just write it down, focus TM, and then it's like, choom, you have something to at least follow, right? I'm trying to make things easy for people, not difficult. So the, the more you have things that you don't have to think too much about, but at least have a guide, then it helps you a lot better though when you need it. We're almost running out of time, but still I want to ask probably the last question. And if no you problem. Guys, great. If you guys uh, have your questions, just feel, please feel free to type in your questions in the chat or you can give us a call. Uh, welcome to those who joined last minute. Anissa, Eric, uh, Anna, Lily, David, How, Eric again. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us. And before we wrap up the show, What are the three most valuable lessons that you learned as an entrepreneur? Three most lessons I learned as an entrepreneur. One, I think is related to what um, we talked about just now. It's hard to work alone. Though. Mm -hmm. So you need a team uh, and you need people to bounce your ideas off of or like-minded people. You know, Sometimes an accountability partner is good because they can kick you in the behind and you gave them permission to do it because sometimes we fall behind our own goals, right? Um, so the second one is, you know, notice what's going on in your marketplace. And this is what my thing, my, my point about, you know, looking ahead. Is there a trend, a shift, uh, and, and you want to get ahead of it if possible, right? Don't be an ostrich and put your head in the ground and, you know, think things are not going to change. Technology changes. I mean, you can use every other acronym you want, AI, v, VR, VAR, MI, HMD. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's changing. You mm -hmm. just need to have an avenue of figuring out, um, you know, how to get ahead and stay ahead. And then the last one, which is the most important, is just persistence stuff. Know when to stop or throw the towel in, but I don't encourage you to throw the towel in because people usually stop, you know, And when in, in the U.S. analogy is when you're first and goal, you're almost there and then people give up and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So persistence, right? Don't work alone. Notice what's going on in your marketplace and persistence. Yeah, be persistent. That's very important. Gary is asking, uh, Gary is saying that you are so great with the interview. Um With simple examples, um, yeah, I totally agree. Though so the question is how to improve your, I, I would rephrase it a little bit. So the question is how to improve the speech skills to achieve such a great level. Well, you know, it's a very simple word. It's called practice. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> you, you get better at this if you do it. But let me tell you what. Most people who are good at anything, right, have practiced a lot. They just don't tell you, though. Right? They don't tell you how you do. If 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 you ever knew you, you think, wow, Valentina's so good, she she has all these great questions here, but you don't know what she's doing in order to do that. And I tell you, 
100% of the time, most people practice a lot. So key phrases, key things, you practice them. Uh, it, it may sound like, no, well, I, yeah, I don't do that. But all great athletes practice them. In fact, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, if you know he's an NBA star, just said this. Yeah. It's all math, though. If you practice basketball three times a week for one hour, and I practice basketball three hours a day for seven days, I beat you, though. Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very simple. Okay, I we do. have... Yeah, the, the I, I'm going to take a couple of more questions from uh, Renee. I think she's asking about coffee. Uh, business. Yeah, it's the brand Lucky and Coffee. Great yeah, coffee. you know that, right? Yeah, great coffee. Guys, you know, Starbucks doesn't have the best coffee, right? You, you, uh-huh. Now you know that, right? There's, uh, <laughs> I, I can say it, I'm no one's talk. It has great coffee. Great coffee depends where you come from. So I'll give you a very quick uh, analogy, right? Um, Starbucks doesn't work very well in Australia because Australia has had a very long history of good coffee roasted by the, the, the coffee, uh, uh, you know, shops in their stores. So, Right, right. Different, different model, different. Totally uh, different. Totally different. Yeah. So, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's great. Any other questions though? You know, it, yeah. What, what do you think uh, Starbucks need to do to stay in business? Because competition is uh, in, in some of the markets, uh, competition is really intense. Yeah. Lowest barrier to entry, uh, Starbucks, uh, Starbucks is, is, what Starbucks has going for it is scale. So it's very hard to reach, you know, 26,000 stores if you're starting out with 12, right? So you're not going to catch and beat Starbucks. You, you could give them a run for your money in uh, a localized area. But Starbucks are also experimenting all the time. though. So they introduce food. Uh, I know some tests where they have Starbucks stores with no Starbucks name, though. So it looks like a local coffee shop, but it's actually oh, a Starbucks yeah. store. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, I've seen those ones, yes. And mm-hmm. there's some Starbucks stores where they test it, where they serve alcohol in the afternoon, though. Wine, though. So why not, though, right? Are you only going for coffee? Or, I, you know, I had my coffee in the morning. I want to buy something else, though. Because a lot of people go in and do their work at Starbucks, right? They go into the stores, use the Wi-Fi. So, um, so there are many options, uh, many things that Starbucks is always doing they they play a lot in technology to to make sure that you know when you go there it's easy for you to do a lot of different things in the one place right mm-hmm. uh, it's it's called the third place and they want you to be there homework or at starbucks so yeah that's the general philosophy yeah so guys if you want to start your own coffee business think twice <laughs> yeah it, you may have a great following if so long you don't have one store that's fine though if you want to have 26,000, that's a totally different story, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's uh, that's so interesting. And that was an amazing conversation, so insightful. And I think that's a wrap for the show this week. Uh, you're listening to Podbytes, and we were joined by Stephen Krempel, CEO of Krempel Communications International. Stephen, thank you so much. Thank you, Valentina. Yeah, guys, so we are going to wrap up the show now. And uh, thanks everyone who joined. And thank you for your applause and for your likes. 
Next week, our schedule will be slightly different because we are going to have a show from London. So it will be on Wednesday, but it will be UK daytime, 2.30 p.m. So it will be US morning time. Once we fix the schedule, you will see it in CastBox. Please make sure that you follow the host so you get all the updates. You will get notification once we start the show. But if you miss the live show, it's also fine. <laughs> we, we prefer you to join our interactive discussion for sure. But if you miss the show, you can always check it out and replace. And our guest for the next week is Peter Nigel. He's general manager of Radio Days Europe and senior audience researcher at Danish Broadcasting Corporation. We are going to have a very special episode one day before the podcast day. I'll see you next week and look forward to catch up in London.